0: Welcome back to 30, 30 Dirty, Dirty and Dying. Dying. A name that's really going to come in handy today. We're talking about dying. We're talking about. Not about us dying. No. For once, (laughs) it's not about us. Uh, I'm Clarissa. I'm Courtney. Chewing on a lozenge.
1: Lozenge. Lozenge. Coffee. Coffee candy.
0: Coffee candy. Um, And we're your lovely co hosts for today. And like Courtney said, we're going to be talking about some some heavy stuff. You know, what part of this podcast. We like to have fun. We like to have a lot of dark humor. Part of that is through all the things that we've gone through in life up to this point, up to the, that big 3-0. And death is a part of that. Um, we've both had a lot of death in our lives. And part of the reason I wanted to talk about this today was I feel like grieving and death and loss... It's different depending on what age you are and what stage of life you're in. And I've certainly experienced that. I know you have. So I'm sure a lot of people have. And if we can talk about it and get some stuff out there and help people kind of not feel so alone and make some fire jokes. Maybe. (laughs) We will. Come on. We've done worse. (laughs) We've done worse and we'll do worse. Stay tuned. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's why we wanted to do that today. Uh, So hang on tight for that. Grab your Kleenexes, maybe. I don't know. See if we cry. Maybe I mean cry challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Who cries first? If we make you cry, film yourself. (laughs) No. And DM it to us. (laughs) Exploit your sadness. No. I'm joking. And I mean, unless you want to. (laughs) If you genuinely heard me say that and I went, yes, I get to cry on camera. You can do that. So we're gonna talk about that today, but of course we have to go back back in time. time. And this is another episode where we're not going to go super far. We're not going to go years and years and years. We're going to go back to the year heard around the world. 2020. 2020. It seemed appropriate, not only <laughs> for our personal lives, but also because it was a hard year for everybody, I yeah. feel like. I mean, obviously, the coronavirus came out swinging, <laughs> changed <laughs> lives for a lot of people. Um A lot of people did lose loved ones for that and are still losing loved ones. And, you know, my heart goes out to all of you. Um, Everybody who's, I know I've lost people, people who I love have lost people. It's a terrible thing. Um, But even if you haven't, I mean, our lives have been rocked Mm -hmm. in one way or the other. Rock'em, sock'em, robot. Rock'em, sock'em, (laughs) robots. Seemed like it fit. Yeah. So, Courtney, why don't you tell me about your 2020?
1: Well, I found out I had Crohn's disease. So I'm mourning my life.
0: The life that you knew. The life
1: that I knew is no longer. Yeah. And I'm in a new life.
0: Yeah. A grief doesn't always have to be death. No. Yeah. It can just be mourning things that were once your reality and are no longer. Yeah. So a healthy life in that way. Not healthy anymore. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't
1: healthy obviously, but and I'm obviously
0: not healthy now. But that's, well, that's story. yeah, but like your the way you looked at your life totally changed, right? Yeah
1: yep so 2020 was Crohn's uh 2020 was working from home which was fun not... it was it was nice having um, being able to work from home and then also go to my doctor's appointments
0: yeah I loved the not having to go to the physical doctor. I still do that and I don't think they're ever gonna get me back in there unless it's over yeah yeah that's it so that was 2020 for you then yeah. I mean, other things, but we can talk about that in this Fair episode enough. later. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I also had, I, I, I don't if you didn't have a crazy 2020, you're lying to yourself. <laughs> like, I also had a crazy 2020. I, the coronavirus is something that I still take probably more precautions than most people at this stage because I have really severe asthma. So, it's one of those things that if I get it, it's probably not going to go great. Um, so, I had to be really cautious from the jump. Uh, but a lot of other things happened in that stage. I switched career paths. I mean, I've been a journalist forever, and suddenly I was not. Uh, by choice. But it was something that I've been trying to transition out of for a while, but it just hadn't happened. Um, you know, had a lot of changes like that. Probably the biggest thing that happened, though, was our cat, Nala, passed away. And... Honestly, that is one of the reasons I wanted to talk about grief, because experiencing a loss like that at that point in time was so different than anything I'd ever experienced. And that was really what consumed me. Now, of course, you know, near the end of the year, some good things happened. We got glad and that was a joy. You know, that was great. But it was a tough year and death was a big part of it. I feel like being at this stage in life, being in your late 20s, 30s, going into 40s sometimes, depending on what's happening in your life, what stage you're at, grief and loss and loss of a loved one can really hit different than it may have when you were a child or a teenager, or even in your very early 20s. Not worse, not bad, just different. Because, like, your relationship with mortality is different the older you are.
1: I mean, it also is dependent on your relationship with the person. Yeah. Or or the animal. animal.
0: Also, just, like, out the gate. I don't like the distinction of, like, pet loss versus, like, real loss of a person. Because, like, I know that there are going to be people who are like, it's just a cat. It's just a dog. It's not it's- just,
1: it's your, it's your baby.
0: Yeah. For me, you got to think, like, and I think for a lot of people, they're synonymous with, like, children. I don't Mm -hmm. have children of my own. Um, I don't know that I ever will. But even if I did, I don't think that that view would change. Like, I love my animals so purely, so completely. They love me. If you haven't known the love of an animal, I feel sorry for you. And honestly, I feel like if you feel the urge to say to someone who's grieving the loss of a pet, it's just a cat. It's just a dog. And you're just a person. You suck. Like you suck because the pain of loss is commensurate with the amount of love Mm -hmm. and the amount of love that I have for my animals is astronomical. Yeah. Greater than honestly, greater than the love I have for a lot of people in my Mm -hmm. life. And that's just a fact I've chosen to have them. I spend every day with them. Like they are, I've said on the podcast a hundred times, I connect with animals on a very deep level much deeper than I connect with other humans, is what it is. I don't know. I'm not here to humans, pathologize it.
1: Humans suck, and animals are pure.
0: Courtney pathologized it for me. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to like make you feel bad if you don't feel that like intense about animals. But I'm just saying it's like, if you know, you know. Yeah. And if you don't know, then you don't know. Don't be like <laughs> it's not real. It is real. That loss really hit me, and I'm not exactly like a a death virgin over here. I've had a lot of death in my life. I know you have too. So what are some of the ones that when I say grief, when I say like grief and loss, I mean, the ones you that, think of first, like what experiences do you immediately associate to like my grandma? Really? That
1: was grandma's the hardest one that I've had to deal with. Mm. But that's because, I mean, grandma raised my sister and I practically. Right. Like she, she was there all the time. And my daily life changed. Like when your daily life, like, yeah, uh, my mom passed away. Everyone knows that. We know. And I'm not, I mean, it's sad not to have a mom. Of course I was sad that she died, but like my everyday life didn't change because she wasn't really in my life. Right. So like, yeah, she's gone, but I didn't have to change anything. Yeah. Everything changed. Everything
0: changed. I totally get that. I feel like that's a really good point. Like, You feel those losses sometimes deeper when you feel them in everything you do. Mm -hmm. Like, it's not like, oh, Cousin Jerry, 45,000 miles away, died. Yeah. Yeah, you're sad. Yeah, whatever. But it's like, maybe. But when your everyday life is just Mm -hmm. rocked, like, walking into the kitchen is different. Yeah. Going to dinner is different. Sitting on the couch is different. Yeah. It
1: hurts. Yeah. Like, I miss being able to just go over there and sit in the front living room. And she was in her back room. Yeah. We weren't talking. I remember her back we room. We were doing different things. But I just miss, I miss it. Yeah. I miss her house. I miss her.
0: Yeah. It's like a whole experience. I'm crying because I miss grandma. I expected. We're going to cry probably. <laughs> we're going to cry. Do you, we need a tissue break? Nah. Okay. I'm just going to let it flow. Let it flow. Oh. <laughs> it's too bad this isn't a, a, a video, video podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You know it's a good episode when the snot's flying. You know it.
1: If you're listening to Thirty Dirty and Dying, where we might not be flirty or thriving, but we're thirty and trying. Keep listening and check out all our episodes on life, love, death, and more.
0: No, I totally understand what you mean. Like I mean
1: Mondays or Grandma days, I would go over to her house and we would have dinner together. She would text me, "Are you alive?" When I wouldn't like because.
0: Like, every day, like, just make sure that I was, like, you know. She cared. She cared. She cared. She cared deeply. And it's not to say that other people in your life don't care about you. But it's, like, everybody everybody has those relationships that mean something a little deeper and different to them. Like, I'll go with the example of, like, all of my grandparents are dead.
1: Mm-hmm, same.
0: They have been dead. The last one that got me in any kind of way was my, my mom's mom mm-hmm. dying. And... Uh, You know, she was the only grandparent that I feel like I ever had. Mm -hmm. Um, My mom's dad wasn't really in the picture and also died when I was very young. My dad's mom also died when I was very young. I liked her a lot, but she was, I was like six. You know, it's not experiencing grief at six years old when you don't fully get what's going on. Yeah. It's totally different than I was 18 when my grandma died, mm-hmm. I was the last one. I was like, well, not the last, last one, but I have a couple of first cousins and my youngest first cousin, who's the only one younger than me, is like almost 10 years younger than all of us. So it's a little different, you know, But like the three of us that kind of grew up together. I was the last one that she didn't get to see graduate from high school, that she didn't get to see go to prom. You know, I went to like a junior prom, but you know what I mean? Like go... Do those things that, mm-hmm. like, when you're passing that threshold of childhood to adulthood, and I really, I don't know, I'm, I, I, know she was proud of all of us. It's not that, but I know she would have been proud to see some of those things.
1: Grandma didn't get to see me get married.
0: Yeah, like that's a bummer. That's
1: I would awful. I would have had her walk me down the aisle.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's yeah, it's just. I feel like that's one of the things at that stage of life. Teens, early 20s that make grief of someone really close to you hard because, you know, they're missing those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And that does hurt. It does. I feel like if I lost her now, it would really hurt me, but it would hurt me in a different way. I know I would feel it more because. For me personally, uh, I didn't have a lot of emotional dexterity. I was sad. I grieved her death. Like, I cried. I was upset. But more than I think I'd ever grieved anybody's. But I think if it happened now, it would absolutely gut me. Because, like... You're feeling your I would feel it deeper. Yeah. I wouldn't just be, like, ambiguous sadness. Like, I don't feel great, but I don't feel much. So, hmm, I never feel great. (laughs) It wouldn't really be like that. It would be probably close to how I felt when when Nala died, which was just terrible.
1: I can't, I don't want to think about how it would feel when Cheeto goes. Mike already said he was like, I'm not like, I don't even know how we're gonna deal with this.
0: Yeah. I I feel, I, I know, I now that it's happened, I especially fear it. So maybe it's just me, but I've never had to deal with the issue of anticipatory grief. Except for somewhat when my grandma was dying because she had cancer and it was kind of a long trek. So some of it. But after losing- even, even when you anticipate it, it's still really hard. Yeah. And anticipatory grief is a totally different thing. Like, it's sometimes. Like, you grieve differently when it hasn't happened yet. And- It's like you're trying to prepare. Yes. Like, Nala died. Nala died kind of suddenly. Um, for anybody to- I'll, do it really quick, you know, she was a stray, uh, she was in super rough shape, Um, I mean, she had terrible skin, fleas, asthma, she always wheezed, she's wheezy, Um, not easy being wheezy, she wasn't, trust and believe it was not easy being wheezy, Um, she had a, she had a lot of ear infections, and sometimes when they have an ear infection, cats, I'm sure other animals too, if it goes on very long and she was on the streets for, I don't even know how long it can cause inner ear and or brain damage. Mm. And I think that's actually what led to her. She died of probably brain cancer. Um, But it, it, I mean, it's not like the direct causation, but it's possible, you know? Um, But she, her head was cocked always. And she was kind of wobbly and she didn't, she didn't have good balance. Like she couldn't jump very far. Like she could maybe jump on the couch, but she watched Maisie, my other cat, like jump all the way up on the counter and just watch her. Like, wow, look at you go. She was so sweet. Like she was one of the sweetest animals I've ever encountered in my life and so pure and had these big, beautiful Disney eyes and just amazing. Um, and she was, you know, simple, (laughs) maybe, uh, Maybe some brain damage. I don't know. But maybe just a little dirt. We call her derp. But in a cute way. Like she just, you know, some animals are super smart. Some are not. Doesn't mean you love them any different. (laughs) I loved her so much. She was, you know. And um, we had her for about two, two and a half years. We didn't realize how much of a senior she was until it was like over. But once things started, she didn't have seizures. And she was always a little sickly. Like I said, she had FIV. She had some chronic things. But she was okay, and she was taken care of, and then she started having seizures in, like, June, and she died in August. Uh, So it was fast. And we were still trying to get answers. We'd done all the diagnostics. We were putting her on meds, and we just ran out of time. Um, But it still felt kind of sudden because we didn't have, you know, they didn't tell me, oh, she has brain cancer. We were still trying to figure out exactly what it was, and it absolutely destroyed me. And still does to this day. Like, one of the things that I never experienced that I experience now are, like, very sudden outbursts. I cry at the drop of a hat. Like, intense cry. Like, one time I, when we lived in a house that had stairs, it was the middle of the day and I started crying because something made me think of her and I started crying. Justin woke up from a dead sleep and came downstairs and was, like, prepared for me to tell him that everyone died. Like, a tragedy had happened because it was that intense and that still happens not as much but it does and i've never experienced that kind of severe grief before
1: that's how i feel with uh with growl. like just like i'll hear something like on tv i like i'll see something on tv or i'll just be driving and like pass something that reminded me of her yeah. and just cry
0: all the time i um anytime i see a, a cat that kind of looks like her or like people make TikToks and Instagram posts about like um you know taking their pet to their last day and stuff. I hate those videos. I don't hate them. I get that I get, I that get they're it. therapeutic, you know, I do um I don't
1: mean hate like in, in the hate that to you them. Think.
0: just you don't no, no, like no, to watch I just, them. I can't watch it. I don't like to watch. I don't look for them, they just pop up for me sometimes. But when I see one, the day is over. Mm-hmm. I'm devastated. And part of it's because I know what that experience is like. And part of it is because I'm never going to have Well, with her. I'll never have that. I didn't get to have the last day. No, I didn't get to. It was like we knew something was wrong, but she literally went from being, you know, something's happening, but we're managing it Mm -hmm. to in two days. It was downturn city. And I took her to the emergency room at like eight o'clock at night because she just seemed like she was having one seizure after the other. And I, I knew it was different, but I also didn't realize I was not going to bring her home. Now I'm going to cry. <laughs> um, but yeah, that has affected so much in my life. Not just the random outbursts, but like with my pet, my other pets, I am hyper, they got to go to the vet for everything. I've noticed. Yeah. You have? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure you have. It's not I have to take him to the vet all the time. I get super worried. Anything scares me. Um, my dog who's just turned eleven yesterday, his birthday. Aww. <laughs> which is great. But then I'm like it's like in the back of my head, every time I see him, I'm like, Is this the last time? What if this is it? Yeah. Cause he's older, he's getting older, he has their life expectancy, he's like fifteen years. He's got a few things. Chronic things now that he's older, and it's like I don't I don't know that you ever are the same after a death like that. For me at this point in my life, it just feels I don't like feeling like it's not in my control because so many other things in my life are in my control now. As death a grown death adult. is not in your control. I know. Unless but, you're murdering someone. Yikes. Then death is not in your control. Ooh, Dahmer. Um, but no, like. When you're at this stage of life, though, it feels like, even if you're like us and you feel like things are going badly and mediocre, you still have, you control a lot of aspects of your life. Yeah. You know, what your life, your your work, your this, your that. That's one thing you never get to control. So when it happens, it just, I don't know. It just fucking happens. I think it shell shocks you yeah. a little bit. Even if you theoretically know that. It's going to happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's why, not what I'm saying. It is what I'm saying, but it's also what I said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's not what I'm saying, but it is what I'm saying, but it's also what I said. You can... That's going to be d- a quote. <laughs> if you don't think I'm going to turn that into a, a quotable moment <laughs> on the Instagram, look out. Um, what I was saying... <laughs> and you said we weren't going to laugh.
1: <laughs> was as much as you know it's it's going to happen you can never prepare for your feelings and when it actually happens yeah. like you can start the mourning process while they're still alive cuz you know it's going to happen but it just fucking hits you yeah no totally. matter what like grandma grandma had cancer
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she actually like the first the first time she went through like chemo and radiation everything like that she ended up like had no cancer right
0: remission um, is that Remi- what, yeah, yeah remission
1: yeah so she was in remission it was fine um she never got like fully like back to herself after that mm-hmm. um and then so, uh, something happened and she was back in the hospital and she had cancer again yeah and we we had the conversation um I mean, a lot of things happened, mm-hmm. and oh, it moved so fast. She went. Well, we we had her at like a facility so she could do like, um, S- like rehabilitation. Re- yes, thank you. Rehab, so she could feel com- more confident. She lived alone. Yeah. So she should feel more confident being alone after she was in the hospital for so long. Um, and then we actually attribute her stay there, making her decline mm-hmm. to where she was. Like it was awful where she, where like mm. my sister did mad
0: research oh, to yeah. choose
1: the place that we ended up like having her stay and it was
0: awful yeah and, it's one of those things i feel like again you, you do your best to prepare but yeah it shit just happens man
1: and then so we were at the hospital they told her that um the cancer was back and she was like okay well when do i start radiation again when do i start like chemo again like she was ready and the doctor was like i think you should go home and we we're just like, well, like how how much?" And uh we took her home, and I think it was like three days. Oh shit, really? Three days. And wow. so like, a uh, Mary and Uncle Doug were there prior, like with this conversation before we took her home. Oh, okay. And then at that point, when we got her home, we were just we told Aunt Jane and Uncle Mike, you should probably come here, yeah, and because Uncle Mike is Grandma's brother. Oh, so gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Um, So they got there. I, it was a Sunday. I came, I was the last person to come. Mm -hmm. And we were all in like the dining room and like her bedroom was like off, like right off the dining room. And like we were all in there talking. And that's when she went is right after I got there. She was waiting for all of us to be
0: there. Yeah, that's actually almost exactly what happened when my grandma, so she also had cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had bladder cancer. And what's crazy is she said she she spent a lot of time in the hospital as a, as a young girl. And I guess at one point she roomed with somebody who had cancer. Um, I, you know, I don't know the details. But she said before doctors, before anything, she was to my mom and me, I have cancer. She just knew. She said, you can smell it. Well, I don't even pretend to know what she was talking about. Interesting. But she said, "I have cancer. I can smell it. It's probably my bladder." She always had problems with her bladder. Um, like I don't know. I think some of it related to she had polio as a kid. Um, I'm no scientist. No, me neither. <laughs> me neither. But um, yeah, she said that to us, and we were like, "Okay, whatever." And then she kept saying it, but she didn't want to go to the doctor. She didn't want to do any of that, which I respect. Okay, I get it. At the Doctors time, of are expensive. Well, also, like, I don't know. I'll get into it. But, like, she didn't want to go and check. And my mom and her sisters were finally like, no, you got to go. She did have it. She didn't want to do chemo. She didn't want to do any of it. Not because she was like, I'm dying. But she was like, if I go, I'm ready. I don't want to do all that. And we all begged her because we didn't want her to die. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so she did it for us, and I regret that every fucking day of my life. Because not, I'm not gonna. I know chemo and stuff saves people's lives. I'm not saying that, but anybody who's seen somebody go through chemo or who's been through chemo, it's rough. It's awful, and it it really has a bad effect on your body. Mm-hmm. Um, now sometimes it's it's worth it. I'm not saying that, uh, but in her case. I genuinely think it made her die quicker. Yeah. And I think it made her maybe not die quicker. I don't know that she would have lived. I, you know, I'm not have a crystal ball, but I, I don't think she would have been so sick because it made her sicker than yeah. she was when she said when she said that to us. Mm-hmm. So she did the round of chemo, whatever. She she also they were like, all right, so once you're clear, they were going to remove her bladder to eliminate it coming back. So she goes into the hospital, I want to say in October, maybe November, and she was going to have surgery and she had an infection and you can't operate, sepsis, whatever. They keep her in the hospital. Happens again. Happens again. At no point were they like, I wonder if we should check for cancer again until it happened three times and then they did another PET scan. And it was her whole bladder, one of her kidneys, and her lungs. Jeez. In a matter of weeks. Yeah. I'm not even, like, a matter of weeks. And she didn't want to do all the stuff again. She was just like, tell me how long. And they, you know, they can never really tell you. She died at the end of January. So we got to have a last Thanksgiving. We got to have a last Christmas. You know, that was all good. She came and was on hospice care in my house. My mom wanted it, you know, wanted her to be there. And I don't remember exactly how long she was on hospice. Um, but, you know, you don't get on hospice until it's, it you got six months or less. Yeah. And we had a really good experience with hospice. You know, I, they were really great. Um, and, but when it was close to the end, she she rallied. We were like, wow, she's doing great. And then suddenly she wasn't she was basically not responsive and they were like okay so people should be here if they want to be here and we were there my mom has three sisters (laughs) it was my mom and all of her sisters and them except for one who couldn't just wasn't in a place to get there right then Mm -hmm. and we put her on the phone and like they I mean it was all I mean it if anything's gonna make you cry it was her being like I'm trying to get there. I love you. You know, it was so hard. And there's so much backstory to that, that, you know, she held on. And then my aunt got there my last one and we all, you know, we were ready. Like, okay. And then like a day passed and then like another day passed and it's like a week. And we're all just like, um, so like, not like we're, we want her to die, but like we were told <laughs> that she would be dead right now. Like we all had to be here, and she just wasn't wasn't signing out, um, signing out. She wasn't signing out of AIM. <laughs> she was still instant messaging with somebody somewhere. Um, but no, she. I don't know. She was. But those that like week or week and a half or whatever it was is some of the best memories I have with my family. Like she was there, mm-hmm. but we were all together. We were under one roof. Which was a little, but it was just, I don't know, it just never felt more like pure family mm-hmm. than it did then. And my dad, ironically enough, has said several times, he was like, that was when she was the happiest, was when we were all under one roof, smushed together, having that. And that's all she wanted. So that's why she stuck on. And I think she stuck around so that she could she, experience she logged, it she, and she remained, remained like, logged in. Yeah, just, just set to, two away to
1: experience it.
0: Yeah, to just experience it one last time and to bring us all together. Like I remember, we watched Pitch Perfect. It had just come out, mm-hmm. and like I, all of us together watched Pitch Perfect, and I don't think we've ever laughed that hard. And I, it's, we needed something like that. Yeah. And it's a funny movie, but like I don't know. It's just it was such a terrible time, but it's like she hung on,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then it, January twenty fifth. And it was terrible. You know, it was awful. I hate it. But I don't know. I feel like there's something that happens beyond this realm, beyond my understanding. And she wanted us all there. Yeah. And she did it. I mean, you can say people have no control.
1: They do. I think they do.
0: I think there's something there. And that, to me, makes the grief easier for that period of time. Because as upset as I was and as hurt as I was and am to this day, I don't know. At that point in time, that that also brought some good. Like I said, if it happened now, I don't know.
1: This is 30 Dirty and Dying, where millennials talk about millennial things. Keep listening and find us on social media to talk with us. Now back to the show.
0: So how, just as you've gotten older, like, how do you feel like your response to, like, how you grieve has changed? Um If at all.
1: I, I don't think it really has. Like, I've always been an emotional person. So I've, it, it's, uh, it's dependent on how I felt about the person. Yeah. And how close they were to me and how much I loved them. And it, it's completely dependent on them. Like, the, the first person that was close to me that had passed away was my old neighbor, Mary Lou. Mm-hmm. And she was, like, my best friend. Like, she was this older woman. I helped her, like, with groceries. I helped her, like, clean the cat's litter boxes and, like, helped her around the house. But, like, I would just go over there and sit and talk to her. Like a friend. Like a friend. Yeah. And when she passed away, like, that was really hard. Yeah. Um, My Aunt Mary Jo's dad, uh, Eddie, he was our neighbor. Oh. And he, like, that was hard, too, because... It changed, like, an everyday yeah, thing. Yeah, it's like we said earlier. Like, both of like, them, like, I miss going over to Mary Lou's house. I missed doing stuff with Eddie, and, like, I miss him coming out in the neighborhood with just his, like,
0: <laughs> short jean shorts and no shirt on. and short
1: And his cowboy boots. And I just, I miss him, like, being, like, the nosy neighbor. Like, whose car is this? And I just, Eddie, I miss is. Eddie. And, yeah. uh... Like, the everyday change, and that was really hard. I mean, they were close to me, but not, like, grandma close. Yeah. Um, And, like, grandpa grandpa died from Huntington's disease. Mm. And by the time he started, like, kind of showing signs of it, I wasn't, like, I was old enough to notice that. But I wasn't old enough to know who he was before.
0: Four. That's all you ever knew. So
1: I knew him with Huntington's disease. I didn't get to know the real grandpa. Yeah. Like my sister did. Right. But I also, like, I lived with grandma and I helped her take care of him when he was, like, declining. And to the point where he couldn't do anything. Yeah. And that was that was hard to go through. So I don't want to say this because it sounds really bad. No. But, like, when he did pass away, it was almost like a relief. Honestly, I get exactly what you mean. And it and obviously, like, I'm devastated to, like, not know who my grandpa was, like, truly. Yeah, that's fair. But um, it was, it was obviously so hard on both grandma, like, all of us, the entire family was really hard on all of us, but, like,
0: to know that he's in a better place. Which- yeah, definitely. I know, I think that that's one of those things that nobody ever wants to say, but it's true. Like, when someone's going through a bad illness and you see it and you Mm -hmm. see it every day well no matter what you believe happens on the other side of this whatever there's relief for they're not going through this anymore yeah honestly if you're a caretaker that's hard that's so hard like even just when when meemaw i called her meemaw um if you're not from appalachia and or the south sorry that you can't relate but her name was meemaw um, when Mima was sick, cause like I said, chemo and it got bad mm-hmm. and I don't, the hospice thing, they did a good job, whatever, but no part of me wanted her to die. But once you know it's happening and there's nothing you can do, it's like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I don't want her to do this no. anymore. And you just want that, that can't go on forever. And I feel like that's why some of that relief sets in. And I think that's
1: why grandma, when she found out that she like, just live the rest that you have, I think she was like, nah, I don't, I really don't want to do that. I don't want to do that to you guys. I don't want to do that to myself. Like I'm ready. Literally like in the hospital at that moment, having that conversation with her doctor saying, go home. She was home for maybe three days and was
0: just like, yeah. Like like we talked about before, I feel like there's more control than we understand. Mm-hmm. I do think there's something to say when, like, people are ready. Yeah. And that, I don't know that it makes grief easier, but it changes it. Yeah. You know, as when someone is, like, taken from you suddenly, you know, it's a different kind of grief. It's not always worse or better because, like, I really think grief is about love Mm -hmm. grief is another kind of love um and that's hard to swallow in some ways because it's like for me miss no emotion after losing nala and that pain the pain i can't even describe it as anything other than like physical pain Mm -hmm. somewhere inside your body that you cannot touch and it still feels like that. Like somewhere deep in your diaphragm, kind of, it just feels like this crater mm-hmm. of pain. Something with you is gone. Yeah. Like, like you're missing something. It's Yeah, it's literally just like that. And it's so painful that I was like, why do why do people do this? Why do you love? <laughs> love anything. <laughs> why do we love? This sucks. <laughs> why do we do this? Why would I ever put myself in a position to love? But it's like. I think, I think it, not like I didn't love things when I was pre-therapy. Let's not sensationalize my villain origin story. That's not what I mean. But it was different. It was a different depth of emotion.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's just, I part of me was like, I'm going back. I don't know what I got to do, but I'm going back to not feeling much and disassociating and just getting through the day. But then it's like the good of love.
1: It makes it work so it.
0: good and so amazing even if it's few and far between even if you're jacked up like me the love it makes life worth living but the pain sucks real it's terrible. Real bad dude it's terrible i mean it made me never want to get another pet again i remember when we first got my dog my dad again of all people throwing out a few bits of wisdom was like when that dog dies, she's going to be devastated. And my mom was like, my mom's normal. <laughs> um, but now I know what he meant. I was, I was like, man, this dude had the right idea for a sec. But then again, I would never take it back. Mm-hmm. So it's just, I don't know. I also feel like that changes how you grieve. Because at a certain point in your life, I feel like probably around this age and older, You realize that you cannot escape the pain anymore. You just got to sit with it and do it. Yeah. But no, grieving for me has looked like a lot of the random outbursts. Guilt. Survivor's guilt has been huge. Especially like I think that happens a lot with pet loss. Mm -hmm. Because it's like you're responsible for them.
1: Well, I mean, the harder harder thing with pets is it's going to be survival's guilt because they only live... For so long. Yeah. Like, an animal doesn't live the same length of time that a human does. Right. So, like, you're going to go through a lot of animals in your one lifetime. I
0: know. But you
1: are your animal's entire lifetime.
0: Um, No, you're right. and I, I. So there's that. And then also I think if you're anybody's caretaker and it's not like an illness situation. Sometimes, maybe if it is, I don't know. When they die, it's like, why do I get to still be here and they don't? You know, what What could I have done? Different. What could I have done? You don't know how much when she died. I I looked up everything. I looked up everything that was ever wrong with her. All I pulled all her vet records. I was like, what did I do wrong that she's not here anymore? And then people people trying to say stuff to help. They were like, well, clearly it wasn't you because, like, look at Maisie, the other cat. She's the picture of health. And that... Hurt, I, I get it, but like that hurt me worse. That's it's not like, a good thing to say. No, and nobody meant it bad, but like, then why couldn't I save her? If I'm such a good fucking parent, why is this one I couldn't save her? Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's uh,
1: that's hard. Uh, another thing that's hard, well, that was especially hard for me. Um, sorry, when Uncle Doug passed away yeah uh, which was also in 2020 in December. uh so Uncle Doug also had
0: Huntington's disease, like grandpa. um it's also it's not every kid it's there's like a, it's, it's a
1: 50 50 which is why Aunt Mary Jo and Uncle Doug did not have kids because yeah. they didn't want to risk it. They had cats.
0: hell yeah <laughs>
1: so um but Uncle Doug had Huntington's disease, he had cancer mm. um and then ultimately died of COVID. But, um, like, he was going, th- like, it was, Aunt Mary Joe's a doctor. She was able to get a lot of care for the Huntington's disease and other things for Uncle Doug. Something, like, Grandma, but we didn't, I mean, Huntington's disease is not something, it, there's no cure of it. It just is. Yeah. You're going to decline. And. and it's extremely um, degenerative. Yes. And with, like, uh, but. Aunt Mary Jo had a little bit more resources as a doctor, a little bit more knowledge. Yeah. Um, did a bunch of different, like he took different medicines that kind of like helped with, like he didn't show as many symptoms as grandpa did as soon as grandpa. Did. Oh, so the progression, so was the progression was, was a little bit different, but he also had cancer. So he was doing like treatments and stuff like that. He had, um, kidney problems. So he was getting, um, dialysis dialysis mm-hmm. like multiple times a week like he had a lot of stuff going on which this is what pisses me off so much about just the world in general is uncle doug was the best human being in the entire fucking world yeah like mom and uncle butch they were them they were them, and they did things right. and they drank and they made poor choices yeah. And Uncle Doug didn't have a drink in his life, and he cared for everyone in the entire family, and he was there for every single death that had happened. Like, he was there when Mom died. He was there when Grandma died. He went to Arkansas when Uncle Butch died. Stand-up like, guy. He was a stand-up guy, and he did everything for everyone, and he took care of my sister and I. Like, we were his own kids, and he yeah. was the greatest person ever. And, um, oh
0: I know, and Annie, all the noise that's happening, Maisie came in, my other cat, I think she knows we got upset, emotional, and was like, let me love you, <laughs> climbed on the table and shit, so um, sorry about that.
1: Yeah, Uncle, da- like, and being the most amazing person that he is, like, so he ended up getting COVID, and he was in the hospital and was having trouble breathing, and even before COVID was even a thing, he never wanted to be intubated, he never wanted to do, do any of yeah. that, because that was a conversation he had to have with everything. And um, so, like, it, it was to the point where that was going to have to be a choice, which he obviously didn't want to do. So we ended up, like, FaceTiming him while he was in the hospital <sighs> and um, to, like, say our goodbyes and everything.
0: And he apologized to us. He was like, I'm sorry. Oh and I God. was like, please do not say you're sorry. Oh, my God. That's awful. But I like, mean, but, again, it's like everything you described of him. Like He was... The, the most, most selfless person. guy in the world it's a, but that's just it it's like
1: death and like why why did the
0: most selfless person in the world have so much given to him that was horrible I know it's it just it never makes sense it's one of those things death and life and grief that like we spend our whole lives trying to make sense of and we can't we just can't and that's I think, again, at this, like, I, I mentioned at the top, like, I think it gets harder sometimes the older you get, too, because your own mortality, not like you're just afraid to die, but, like, everything feels more real. When you're a kid and a young person, it's like... We're I'm still, living forever. Yeah, nothing feels real. Everything feels like something in the movies. And then it's like, life happens. Life happens. Life happens and death happens and pain happens and it happens deeper because it's real now. And Maisie is killing it. <laughs> Therapy cat. If you hear yellow. <laughs> she, she just jumped on my lap. She's so ready to comfort. Oh, thank um you? you're getting a post for this, Maisie. Good job. <laughs> um, but no, it just it all gets real and death doesn't discriminate illness doesn't discriminate. You'd think it would be easier to make sense of the older you get. And I feel like it almost gets harder because, again, the idealistic thing, I don't want to say it goes away completely. you got to have hope. you got to have all that stuff. But it's harder. Mm-hmm. For me, it's harder. It, and it feels harder. And I feel like a lot of people probably experience that. Like, why is having a loss... Of someone I really loved when I was 15, 16, 20. Why is it so much different than having a loss now when I'm 29, 30, 40, whatever?
1: Because you've spent more time loving that thing and that person and that Everything gets
0: more real and every love gets deeper. Like, we get to get past all that. superficial bullshit that clouds us when we're kids. Not to say there's anything wrong with that. Like, you're just young. It's just different. And we're not exactly collecting social security. (laughs) I feel like I should. (laughs) I've earned it. I've earned it. I've earned it. After all this time. Please, somebody give me something. After all this time. Alan Rickman? I cried. I cried. I'm I'm not even going front. I cried. And I, like I said, family members, I didn't shed a tear for I was like, bummer. You know, like, but Alan Rickman? Snape. My guy. I do think, though, death is one of those subjects, death and grief especially, that are so taboo. Nobody well, wants to talk about it. Well,
1: I don't think it's because it's... No one wants
0: to talk about
1: it, but it's because how how do you respond? How do you... Like, you can't help. No, exactly. There's That's nothing I mean. you can do, so we like,
0: a, how can we talk about it? We live in a society that is so... Oh, my God. I can't think of the word right now. Like, transactional, almost. Yeah. Like, like if you're like, hey, how are you doing? Good. Cool. Yeah, me too. There's a solution for everything. and And there is a lot of superficial. I'm not saying all of it's bad, dude. I'm not saying that you go to the grocery store and they're like, how are you today? You need to be like, it's going terrible. Don't, you don't need to. Let me
1: tell you about what just happened to me. You don't have to do that. No.
0: I'm not saying it in that way. But in, in general, like, even among family and friends, like, we don't talk about these things. And I know... For me, that's been one of the harder things, like not understanding certain things and never experiencing certain things, not knowing if it's normal, not knowing if I'm ever going to be okay again, not knowing how to feel. And like, I wish I just I just think we should take the taboo off of it because it happens to everybody. And when somebody is in pain because they're grieving, it's not something that you can fix or that you have to fix. It's just it's just, just there. a reality. Just be there. Just and different people deal with it different
1: ways. Like, I I use humor, yeah, clearly. Same. So, I mean, I do talk about death a lot. I talk about how my mom's said all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I would rather someone, like, if I'm sad, if someone dies and I'm, like, sad about it, like, I would rather someone, like, spend time with me and, like, watch a funny movie. Yeah. Like, get my mind off of it. But other people maybe want to, like, be in the sadness. Yeah. So, like, it's kind of hard to, like, come up to someone and be,
0: like, just ask, like, hey, like, I'm so sorry. How can I help? What can I do for you? Yeah. Do you need anything? I'm here for, even just, I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Whatever that means can make all the difference. Like, I don't know, after Nala died, my mom was, like, she literally just sat with me and we... She got McDonald's and we sat there for the night and watched Hamilton. Nice. We didn't talk much about it. I didn't like full blown cry. I, it's hard for me to do that, even with my mom. But it just knowing that somebody would come, you know, and I adjust it. But it's like grieving with someone, too, is hard. So I mean, I mean, with my, Mike is not a, yeah. at all. So like when I'm sad, he doesn't know what to do.
1: Just like and I he, are both like he that. Does it, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't necessarily comfort me in the way I would want him to. Yeah, but um, he he does what he can, and that's all I can ask for.
0: They're gonna people get mad at me for comparing this, but like, sorry, not sorry. They always say that like when parents lose a child, it's one of the hardest things for a relationship to go through because you're both trying to grieve and a terrible loss and support each other, and it's just hard. That's why a lot of people get divorced and they lose. Yeah, and when Nala died, we were both grieving and both grieving very differently. There were there were times after that I was like, "We're not gonna make it, bro. Like we're we're not we're gonna break up." Wow, it it got bad. I mean, and there were some other things happening before. You know, I'm not saying that like it was not all that, but it really lays all your shit out on the table. One of the things that helped me like substantially more than I could ever imagine, there is a an Instagram and TikTok account called Rainbow Bridge Raina. She, oh, she's, she's an angel on earth, man. She makes these videos and she dresses up in like this rainbow wig and costume, you know, nothing crazy, but just looks like a rainbow. And she, she's like a representative of the rainbow bridge where animals go. Oh, and she, she doesn't, you know, claim to be a psychic or anything crazy. But, like, she just – she makes these little videos, and she's like, your pet – your angel pet wants you to know that it's not your fault, and everything's okay, and you couldn't have done anything. And she does these things about what they do when they get to the Rainbow Bridge, and she's like, gives them their wings, and gets them – I sob. I'm going to sob <laughs> right now just thinking about it. But, like, finding something like that and mm-hmm. a community around it that was, like, all of our hearts are broken, too, because our cat, our dog, our bird, whatever – Died. Having people come together and and be like, we feel this terrible. And having a light and all of that and a community around it was like, it honestly, I think, helped me get past the roughest part of my grief. And I didn't find her until like almost a year in. I was still like, as if it had happened two days ago, eight months in. It was awful. Still is, but... It's always awful. It's always awful, but it's like...
1: It's not... You're, you're not going to forget. No. Like, it's not like you're moving on with your life from forgetting that person or that animal or anything like that. It's your, you're learning, you're learning to live with the pain. You're le- learning to live in a way that they would be
0: happy for you. Yeah, it's like you're, at some point, you move from mourning them to honoring them. I don't know when it happens. I think it's different for everybody. But like, at some point, it does happen. And it doesn't take it away. But you your heart or your grows bigger around it. Uh, like the Grinch. Yes. So exactly what I'm thinking. It's the ow. Ow, ow. This is the Grinch podcast. <laughs> I can talk about the Grinch. the Grinch. Jim Carrey's the Grinch specific. Um But yeah, it's like it never I'm goes away.
1: Leaking.
0: We've leaked a lot. I've in this show. I almost lecked. I've lecked. Is that is that the Words. past tense of leak? Not even, le- <laughs> Not even close. Not even close. Um I think the more we talk about stuff like this and the more we get real about it and let people know that like they're not alone you're not alone you're not weird you're you not You can talk about it. It's normal to feel this bad.
1: Mhm. And it's okay to feel this bad. It's okay to feel feelings.
0: Yeah. It's okay to And if you're a man you can also feel feelings. And it's I mean there were days I woke, woke up and poked. I woke up and I was like I'm not gonna make it through the day. Like it's such intense that it feels like you're actually going to die. And, but it's like it's some. But you part of that I think is because you feel like that because you feel so alone. Like I'm the only person that's ever felt this way. Because we live in this like, you know, you just you take a week, take a couple days. If it's a cat or a dog, take an hour. People don't care. And you get back to work, get back to life. The world keeps turning, get back to it. And you're just supposed to adapt like nothing happened. Yeah. Like your whole life didn't just... Break apart. Yeah. And you're dirty, dirty, and dying. We're here to tell you that it is okay if your world doesn't keep turning.
1: It can stop sometimes.
0: It can stop. And if you need to stop, you stop. And you're not alone. And we're no. saying
1: that if you're, if you're feeling upset, you can... Feel
0: those up. You don't have to just like pretend that that's not there. There's nothing wrong with you for feeling that pain. And there's nothing wrong with you if you don't snap back and bounce back and are suddenly okay. Like it never happened in a couple weeks or a month or a year or two years. You're okay. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. You're not weird. You're not abnormal. You loved. You loved. You loved and you were loved. And that's great. And if you need resources and things, get them. And there's no shame in it. You'll get, get through it. The moment you take your first breath, it's your first breath to death. Are you quoting something? Nope. That's going to also be a quotable moment. You're welcome. Um, but no, I, I, I think even though these are hard conversations, I like that we're having them. Mm-hmm. And that's what you can expect on this show. Dark, real real light, people having real. real
1: conversations.
0: So I hope you guys enjoyed this episode hope maybe it helped if you were feeling some of the things if it did if you want us to talk about this kind of stuff more let us know um, I have I'd, more death
1: I didn't talk about same,
0: So I'd love to I mean if you if you're comfortable telling them I'd love to hear any of our listeners like if you have a grief story if you have how grief has really affected your life I'd love to hear that and and be able to you know off, us offer your support conversation if yeah. you want to have it yeah we'd love to hear it we'd love to Help. be able to support you through that in whatever way we can so thank you for that thank you for listening and we will be back next week with another episode stay golden pony boy <laughs> okay <laughs> bye bye guys